1: Today on The Matt Walsh Show, a new report reveals how men have abandoned the university system. Why has this happened? I think I know why, and I'll explain. Also, Satanists are coming to the defense of the abortion, the pro-abortion people down in Texas. What does that tell us about the pro-abortion movement and our daily cancellation? We will have another exciting reverse cancellation. Apparently, some people are upset because I said that females shouldn't be football analysts, and that, for some reason, has made people unhappy. We'll talk about that and much more today on The Matt Walsh Show. You know, what's playing out right now at big tech companies and social media sites sets, I think, a really dangerous precedent. The fight back against big tech's control of the internet, I use ExpressVPN. You ever wondered how free-to-access tech giants make all their money? Well, they do it by tracking your searches, your video history, everything you click on by building a profile on you and then they sell your sensitive data and that's how they make the money. When you use ExpressVPN and you use the app on your computer, or on your phone, you, you make yourself anonymous so that your online presence is hidden and you're hiding your IP address, and that gives you the privacy you deserve. That means that the, it means that the big tech companies can't make all this money on, off of you without even giving you a cut of it. What's more, ExpressVPN encrypts 100% of your network data to protect you from eavesdroppers and cyber criminals. What I like most about it is how easy it is to use. You just take one click, click one button, and that's it. So let's stop allowing big tech to revoke our rights to free speech. Why not revoke their right to your data instead? Secure your internet with the VPN I trust for online protection. Visit expressvpn.com slash Walsh. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S, vpn.com slash Walsh to get three extra months free with my exclusive link. Go to expressvpn.com slash Walsh right now to learn more. All right, we are broadcasting live from uh, some random warehouse on the side of a highway. You know, look, there are many mysteries in life, one of them being why are we here? Uh, questions that evade answer, phenomena that defy explanation, unidentified flying objects, for example, though we have an explanation for that. We know that they're aliens, but you get the point. Uh, There are many things which happen and yet have no satisfactory reason uh, for them that we can come up with. Here is one thing, though, that there is no mystery behind at all. There is no mystery to this. Uh, This report from the Wall Street Journal, which has been making the rounds, has attracted a lot of attention over the past couple of days And the headline is, a generation of American men give up on college. The number of men enrolled at two and four year colleges has fallen behind uh, women by record levels in a widening education gap across the U.S. Now, this can very easily be explained, I think. But before we explain it, here's what the article says. Men are abandoning higher education in such numbers that they now trail female college students by record Uh, levels. At the close of the 2020-2021 academic year, women made up 59.5 percent of college students an all-time high and men 40 percent, according to enrollment data from the National Student Clearinghouse, a nonprofit research group. U.S. colleges and universities had 1.5 million fewer students compared with five years ago, and men accounted for 71 percent of the decline, which is astounding. This education gap which holds at both two and four year colleges has been slowly widening for 40 years. The divergence increases at graduation after six years of college. 65% of women in the US who started a four year university in 2012 received diplomas by 2018 compared with 59% of men during the same period according to the US Department of Education. Um, In the next few years, uh, two women will, will earn a college degree for every man if the trend continues. Okay, then the article goes on to explain that this trend holds among both rich and poor men, black and white. It's not confined by you know, class or race. Men are abandoning the college system or being abandoned by the system, I should say, or both. And it's an issue that affects men of all types. Now, the piece also acknowledges how the university system is reluctant to see this problem as a problem and is certainly not anxious to actually do anything to increase male enrollment, because that would be politically incorrect. Even the people who want to increase male enrollment still aren't fighting for that result for the sake of the men themselves. So a college enrollment consultant named Jennifer Delahunty is interviewed in in the article, and she's of the opinion that we should actually do something to help these guys out, get more guys into uh, colleges. But here's the reason she gives. She says, if you care about our society, one, and two, if you care about women, you have to care about the boys, too. If you've equally educated numbers of men and women, that just makes a better society and it makes it better for women. So, uh, yes, yeah, so we, we must come to the aid of men for the sake of women. And this is what someone who basically cares about men in comparison to other people in the university system says. Now, consider that most of the people running the university system don't care at all and don't pretend to. Or in fact, worse than that, are happy to see things shake out this way. As for why this is all happening, nobody interviewed by the Wall Street Journal seems to have any idea. They're all kind of scratching their heads and saying, I don't know, why aren't men coming here? Let me see if I can clear it up a little bit. To put it as simply as possible, men are declining to go to college because they don't want to pay thousands of dollars and go into debt for twenty five years just to hear a bunch of crusty boomer professors and ugly pink-haired wenches tell them that they're the cause of all of society's ills okay that's that's to, to put it gently that's the reason and then only to be accused of course of rape for kissing a girl at a party and then tried by a university kangaroo court branded a sex offender for the rest of their lives without any evidence, I think this is an invitation that lots of men are kind of reluctant to accept. And maybe you can understand why. I mean, just, just as another example, if I need another example. And there, there are like millions we could choose, but let's just play one. This is a clip from a recent class at Penn State. And you watch this, and you tell me if it's any wonder that people aren't too excited about paying 100 grand for this. Listen. How's it feel knowing that push comes to shove, like your skin's kind of nice? I don't know, I mean, it makes me feel like sad because like god knows i don't deserve it you know what i mean like i didn't choose to be white so like you know what i mean like i like, it makes me upset that like you know my brothers and sisters of like other races can't like experience those things for something that i didn't like you know i didn't do anything to like deserve that you know what i mean so like i don't know it just makes me upset so so we're in this is the problem with white people the question then becomes is what should we do so what's, what's not to love there? Um, of course, that was, that was race and g- gender based, not just gender. But pulling a guy up in front of the class, aren't you ashamed of yourself? You know, confess your sins to the class. What, what a shock that men see that and think, you know, I'm, I don't know. I don't know if I want to be a part of that. Not to mention, men are increasingly noticing that a college education is rarely worth the cost, and they can find success in the job market without, the enduring, you know, without enduring the financial and psychological toll of sitting through four years of far-left brainwashing. Furthermore, even if some of these men could be convinced to go in spite of all this, there really isn't anyone trying to convince them. Now, girls have a whole web of support systems in place, especially in school and public school in grade school, to prop them up, encourage them, keep them going, which is good. What's not good is that men have none of that at all. I mean, they're not allowed to have anything. And as I discovered, you know, if you, if you notice that men don't have their own spaces, then, and you point that out, and you complain about that, then that, that in and of itself is sexism. In fact, the entire public school system itself is itself a support system for girls. The public school system was made for girls. It caters exclusively to students who can sit still, learn calmly at their desks, memorize information, remember that information, and repeat it during an exam. Now, not all girls can learn this way. There are certainly girls who struggle as well. But it is surely the case that the vast majority of kids who can learn that way are girls. For the boys, what do we have? We have drugs. And if the drugs don't help, they're out of luck. I mean, do, do we do we still need more reasons why men aren't going to college? Because I, I can keep listening. Remember, though, this is what male privilege looks like, of course. The education system caters to girls. They succeed in it. They go to college. Boys are far more likely to be drugged in school. Uh, I think like two to, by two to one margin, I, th- I believe, or maybe more than that, they get uh, diagnosed with ADHD and put on drugs. More likely to be suspended, more likely to be expelled more likely to be abandoned by the system. And then they enter a world as adults where they're far more likely to end up homeless, drug addicted, murdered, imprisoned, more likely to be injured on the job, more likely to die by their own hand or someone else's, and they die earlier on average. That's some privilege, all right, isn't it? Now, I say all of this, but uh, please don't misunderstand my point. I am not upset by the trend of young men skipping college. I'm upset by many of these other trends that I just talked about, but but not by that. In fact, this is one of the most encouraging things that I've read in a while. The modern university system is a scam. It's a glorified Ponzi scheme. It has built entire generations, robbed them of their financial future, not to mention their minds and their souls. And it's made them dumber in return. It would be impossible to exaggerate the the disaster that the system has become. It is an intellectual and moral wasteland. And it's been skating by on unearned prestige for decades. It has made billions by taking advantage of kids who have been told and believe that college is the only path to success in life. It's made billions by scaring people into, into believing that they have no choice We know it's expensive. We know you're going to be in debt for for 30 years. Uh, Yeah, we can't guarantee that you get a job out of college that you couldn't have gotten anyway without the college degree. But if you don't do this, then then look at all those people on the street. You're going to end up like one of them. That has been the scam. If men are waking up to this fact, then all I can say is that half of the job is done. Now it's just time for women, more women, to realize the same truth. College, in most cases, is worse than useless. The more who realize this truth and free themselves from its clutches, I would say the better. Now let's get to our five headlines. You know, if you're pro-life, you shouldn't have to justify the right to life in daily conversation. Abortion is what needs constant justification, not life. 40 Days for Life has just released the perfect book, though, because the reality is that uh, actually you do have to have your defenses and know what you're going to say as a pro-life person, even though it seems like this is such a self-evident point of view, and it is. That's what their book's all about, though. It's called What to Say When the Complete New Guide to Discussing Abortion, This book is an easy read for individuals looking to defend life and convert hearts. A lot has changed, obviously, since abortion was legalized in 1973. What to say when equips readers with proven approaches to dismantling the pro-abortion agenda. These methods have already enabled 40 Days for Life members to convert the hearts of 221 abortion workers, so you know it works. You gotta know exactly what to say and not say when abortion comes up. This is an invaluable tool and it's officially available right now, so you don't wanna wait to get your copy I can tell you that uh, I wrote the foreword for it, so, you know, I can personally endorse it as well, but it's, it's and I've also read the book. As a pro-life person myself, I found that uh, there's quite a lot that's valuable within it. So What to Say When, the complete new guide to discussing abortion is available. You can get free shipping and 21% off a signed hardback at 40daysforlife.com slash When. Okay, so here's a story from Salon that I've had here for a couple of days, and uh, I, I certainly needed to mention. It says... Uh, As we go back to the abortion law down in Texas, it says, as pro-choice and reproductive health groups are scrambling to make sense of uh, Texas's new near total abortion ban that went into effect this week, it appears their efforts to skirt the law are getting an unexpected boost from one organization in particular, the Satanic Temple. The Supreme Court uh, on Wednesday night allowed the state to implement its ban, so on and so forth. We know about that. Enter the Satanic Temple, the non-theistic organization which is headquartered in Salem, Massachusetts, non-theistic in quotes there. That's what they call themselves. They joined the legal fray this week by sending a letter to the U.S. Food and Drug Administration demanding access to abortion pills for its members. The group has established an abortion ritual and is attempting to use the Religious Freedom Restoration Act to argue that its members should be allowed access to abortion drugs uh, for religious purposes. The Satanic Temple spokesperson Lucian Greaves told the San Antonio Current. I am sure Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton, who famously spends a good deal of his time composing press releases about religious liberty issues in other states, will be proud to see that Texas's robust religious liberty laws, which he so vociferously champions, will prevent future abortion rituals from being interrupted by superfluous government restrictions meant only to shame and harass those seeking an abortion. Now, you could say that, this is, uh, that there's a lot of trolling going on by the satanic temple, and that's, that, it seems like that's how they spend most of their time, kind of like PETA. That's, they're, they're, there's, in fact, there's, there are a lot of comparisons you can make between PETA and uh, the Satanic Temple. We won't get into all of them right here. But that's a show unto itself. But probably the primary thing is they spend a lot of time trolling, so you could say that that's what this is. I don't expect that this legal challenge will really go anywhere. But there's a real deep truth here, and, and I'm, I'm actually glad that they're making this attempt. Assuming that it's not going to work, because it's true that abortion is in in essence a satanic ritual. The only misleading thing here is the idea that you have to be officially, you know, a member of the satanic temple to take part in this religious ritual or or to see it as such. Um, what is a Satanist? Okay, a Satanist follows their leader. Satan, uh, in rejecting God and saying, "I am going to worship myself. I don't want God. I want myself." So Satanism. Uh, it doesn't have to be. You know, there is there's the kind of theistic Satanism where we're literally worshiping the devil. There's probably not a whole lot of that happening, not directly. And and the people who belong to the Satanic Temple, they'll tell you that no, we don't we don't you know, like, we don't sacrifice goats on the altar spill the blood in you know, honor of, our, of, of Lucifer, um, they'll be pretty direct and tell you, no, this is just about celebrating us. It's about celebrating our, you know, our, our freedom. And that's what Satanism is. So there are a lot of Satanists in this country who don't identify as people who believe in worshiping the self. That's what leftism is. I, I, you know, I have always said that I think leftism and Satanism are interchangeable. They're, they're the same thing. They are both a worship, an elevation of the self above all else, above truth, above God, above beauty, you know, all that mat- above reality itself. All that matters is the self. Abortion is the high sacrament of this satanic leftism. What, 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 other, what higher sacrament could there be than a woman killing her own child for her sake? saying that I care so much about my convenience and my pleasure and my so-called freedom that I will kill my own child, I will sacrifice my child on this altar, the altar of the self. So they are, it's a long way of saying that I actually agree with them that that abortion is, in effect, a, a religious ritual. But it should still be banned because you're murdering a human being. Uh, staying on the same subject here, look, I don't mean to, to uh, kick a woman while he's down, but here's Caitlyn Jenner's answer on abortion. Being, uh, he's being interviewed on, on CNN. And we'll talk about why Caitlyn Jenner, polling at 1%, is being interviewed by CNN in the first place. But here's the answer on abortion. Let's listen to this. I am for a woman's right to choose. I am also for a state uh, having the ability to make their own laws. Um, And so I support Texas in that decision. That's their decision. Um, I'm okay with that. But as far as being a woman's
0: right to choose, I don't see any changes in our laws in California in the future.
1: But you're fine with the Texas law, even though you say that you support abortion rights. You are fine with a law that essentially outlaws abortion.
0: I think they have the right in their state to do what they want to do. Now, do
1: I agree with the decision or not? No, to be honest with you, I actually probably do not agree with the decision. But I agree with they have the right to make their own decision. Really, the, the perfect Republican. I mean, he really is a terrible candidate, but the perfect Republican. Because that's, that's what Republicans have been doing, uh, many Republicans anyway. Thank God, not the Republicans down in Texas. That's what many Republicans have been doing on the issue of abortion, especially Republicans on the national stage for decades now. Well, do I, you know, do I? I think people have states have rights, but then women have rights, and who knows? I, you know, I don't personally like abortion, but I, I'm not in favor of killing infants. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm not crazy when I, you know, I'm not crazy about the idea of crushing a baby's skull personally. I'm not into it, but if that's your thing and I'm not going to stop it, like that's the kind that's what we get from Republicans. That's what we get from, uh, from Jenner there, which is, which is cowardly and ridiculous, but it's what, it's what we come to expect. The other question though, is why is Jenner being interviewed by CNN in the first place? And the funny thing is that, you know, a lot of people on the left who maybe, maybe, and I hate to say this, but aren't quite as smart as the people at CNN, not that the people at CNN are very smart, but they were upset about this. If you looked at the reaction on Twitter, they were saying, why are you giving a platform to Caitlyn Jenner? You know, you might have the same question if you're a conservative. You might say, polling at 1% in the, re- this, this, this person is irrelevant. Why, why are you interviewing them? Why not Larry Elder? Um, well, the answer is that this is the version of the Republican Party this kind of babbling, nonsensical uh, spineless gelatinous jellyfish like republicanism that's what they want to project that's what that's what cnn that's what CNN wants to give a platform to CNN wants you to turn on and turn that on and listen to Caitlyn Jenner babbling and say oh that's what the Republicans are all about so that's the reason um, more Republican reaction now to the uh, abortion law. Governor Abbott, was uh, during a press conference, was asked about you know, the, 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 the question about, what about rape victims? Are we gonna force women to carry their rapist's baby? And uh, here's what he said to that, let's listen. Governor, regarding the heartbeat film, why force a rape or incest victim to carry a pregnancy to trial? Uh It doesn't require that at all, because uh, obviously uh, it provides uh, at least six weeks Uh, for a person uh, to be able to uh, get an abortion. So, for one, it doesn't provide that. That said, however, let's make something very clear. Rape is a crime, and Texas will work tirelessly to make sure that we eliminate all rapists from the streets of Texas by aggressively going out and uh, uh, arresting them and prosecuting them and getting them off the streets. Uh, I don't mean to split hairs here, but not a great answer on that question. And it's, it's not really splitting hairs, because this is a question that you, 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 ha, you need to have an answer to. It's, of course, absurd that the conversation about abortion revolves al- always around rape, and that when we talk about abortion, rape is the f- rape and incest are the first things that come up, because we're talking about less than 1% of all cases, okay? The vast majority of cases— more than 99% of cases have nothing to do with rape, nothing to do with incest, 99% nothing to do with the life of the mother. Okay, so all those categories, that's 1% altogether, less than 1%. Rape, life of the mother, uh, you know, incest. And really, life of the mother actually is a fictional category because it's never in reality necessary to have an abortion to save a mother's life. She may have to deliver a child early. That does happen. There's no reason why you have to kill the child on the way out of the womb. Um, so, but altogether, we're talking about 1%. And yet, that's all the pro-abortion side wants to talk about. They don't want to talk about the 99% for obvious reason. It's a lot harder to, def- to defend that. The 99% of cases where this is a form of after-the-fact birth control, they don't want to talk about that. Let's talk about the rape. Um, so you do have to have an answer for it. You, you have to have some kind of response. And you give your response, and then you, and then you focus it back to the 99%. Greg Abbott there goes with, well, it's, it's a crime. We're getting the rapists off the street." That's not terribly persuasive because the the reality of especially that particular crime is that you're never going to get all the rapists off the street. Uh, The the most you can hope for is that after a rape has happened, then you convict the person and throw them in jail. And a lot of times they still end up back on the street at some point. But they should be in jail. Well, really, they should just be executed. We should be done with it. But. Before the crime happens, it's, it's very, very difficult to, to prevent. So you have to deal with that reality. That yes, tragically, horribly, this, this will happen. What's the answer then to the what about rape question? To me, the answer is simple. We do not punish children for the crimes of their parents. Okay, we're not going to execute a child because his father was a rapist. And then you, you might further say to the pro-abortion side, if you guys want to execute somebody for rape, we can talk about that. I'm not putting that all off the table, but it's going to be the cr- the criminal, the rapist, who gets that penalty. Now let's go back and talk about the 99%. All right, finally, on this subject, one more clip I, I got to play. This is uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez on CNN, babbling incoherently. Uh, let's listen.
0: So when we talk about... Um the law that was passed in Texas. We know that anti-choice bills are not about being pro-life because if they were about being pro-life, then the Republican Party would support, frankly, an agenda that helps guaranteed health care, that helps ensure that people who do give birth that don't have the resources uh, to care for a child can have that care for a child. So we know that none of this is about life. None of this is about supporting life. What this is about is controlling women's bodies and controlling people who are not cisgender men. This is about making sure that someone like me, as a woman, or any menstruating person in this country cannot make decisions over their own body. And people like Governor Abbott and Mitch McConnell want to have more control over over a woman's body than that woman or that person has over themselves. And what, what that shares in Uh, In You know, what that shares with rape culture is that sexual assault is about the abuse of power and sexual assault is about asserting control over another person and the ease with which these men seek to do that to other people is atrocious it is morally reprehensible and they don't they cannot even begin to understand the agonizing decisions that people have to make including in cases of miscarriage rape and
1: incest it's hard to know where to even begin why are we talking about miscarriage that has nothing to do with abortion whatsoever nothing to do with it and then she says agonizing decisions why is an agonizing decision alexandria tell me why it's agonizing what do you mean why is it agonizing If if this is not a person, but a clump of cells, if if their life means nothing, has no moral worth, which is what you must believe if you're pro-abortion, then why is it agonizing? What are are we agonizing about? What are you agonizing about? Well, you're agonizing. It's an agonizing decision because that's a human being that's being killed. But of course, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, like all Democrats, they can't even talk about this issue anymore because they have, uh, they've erased gender. They've erased sex. So how, you, you, you certainly can't frame this as an attack on women, because that's nonsensical to begin with, but also because well, women aren't the only ones who could get pregnant, and you can see how they you know, they they still haven't figured out how to navigate that because it's impossible to navigate because it's it's incoherent. So you see how she begins by saying, "Well, this is an attack on pregnant women," and then and then she transitions and she says, "Oh, and, and all menstruating people." So is it an attack on women or not? But then she goes back and saying, "This they want to control women's bodies." Well, I thought you said it's this 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 it's not just women. why why you why are you talking about women? You seem to be suggesting that only women get pregnant, which is it? Uh, and meanwhile, this this idea of we're controlling women's bodies that makes no sense for a variety of reasons. Of course, we're not talking about the woman's body. we're talking about the child's body. But also, you see how these people, they talk about erasing women. they erase women in general, but they, they simply pretend that pro-life women don't exist, that this is all a plot by men, who misogynistic men who want to control women. Meanwhile, as someone who's been in the pro-life movement for years, you go to the marches, you go to the, you know, the, the, the vigils outside of abortion clinics, you go to the fundraising banquets, any, anywhere you go. You go to, a, to a, um, you know, a pregnancy resource center, any of these places. It is mostly women, not just there, but they're the ones running the show. The pro-life movement is a movement run and led and mostly populated by women. That's the reality. Okay, Uh, one other quick thing I want to play. The media is now in full-on fear-monger mode over college football fans attending games. And they sound, they just sound extremely stupid in the process. I got to play this clip for you. Uh, A guy worrying, this is a doctor who came on CNN to chastise the football fans especially he's concerned that the football fans are, I believe he says, exhaling vigorously in the stands. Listen,
0: I just can't get over the pictures of those outdoor stadiums. Dr. Schaffner, even if, you know, these events are happening outdoors, are crowds like that safe?
1: Oh, Anna, we wouldn't ever talk about being safe. I don't use that four letter word, uh, but they these crowds do provide a risk this Delta variant is so readily spread that even outdoors where people are cheering and enthusiastic, exhaling with vigor, if there are people infected, they can infect people around them. I looked at those television images. Nobody was wearing a mask at all. Mm -hmm. And I would be very surprised if we didn't have outbreaks here and there across the country related. To these uh, gatherings, these uh, football stadium events uh, in in the coming weeks, exhaling with vigor. Look at all these people breathing with abandon out here. This is this is reckless behavior. Who are you to go outside and breathe? We, we want them to stand, to sit in the stands, and just hold their breath the entire time. Why can't they do that? The doctor is wondering. But as part of this fearmonger mode. Um, you know, there, there was actually good news that we got from, from the CDC. Uh, but it's important to realize how the media and the powers that be can lie while telling the truth, technically. So here's a great example. This is a U.S. News. This is their, the headline in the first paragraph from the CDC. CDC studies document higher COVID-19 hospitalization rates in children during Delta surge. It goes on to say, increased transmission of the Delta coronavirus variant has coincided with higher hospitalization rates among those under the age of 18, according to a pair of studies published by the CDC. From late June to mid-August, weekly COVID-19 associated hospitalization rates among children and adolescents increased nearly fivefold. Okay, that's the scary part. You put that in the headline. This echoes what the CDC itself said. Uh, They tweeted this. They said, from late June to mid-August, there was a 10 times increase in the rate of hospitalizations among children ages zero to four. Sounds very scary. But then let's go go back to that US News article. A little bit further down, this is what they say. However, the proportions of hospitalized children and adolescents with severe disease were similar before and during the period of Delta uh, predominance, the study said, indicating that the highly transmissible variant does not seem to cause more severe disease in children than previous strains. So why are you saying that the hospitalization rates have gone up? Now, what we discover is that, well, the hospitalization rates, is actually extremely low, thank God. But more kids are getting the virus, so the overall number in the hospital, which is still very low, comparatively speaking, has naturally gone up. So the actual headline, now you, you could say, even though that's the case, that the actual number has gone up, but, the, but the, 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 Ill, the illness is not any more severe than it was before for kids, you could still technically say that the hospitalization rate has gone up. But the media knows and the CDC knows, they know that when people read that, they know how it'll be interpreted. That you think that the rate of people, of kids getting sicker, getting more, you know, getting more severe illnesses, has gone up. So it's all, it's just, a, it's just kind of a, a way of confusing you. The, the real headline, they don't just bury the lead here, they try to make it seem like the lead is the exact opposite of what it really is. The real headline is that after all of this fear mongering over the Delta variant, and how we got to have kids masking in schools, we got to rush this vaccine into their arms. It's, 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 it's the same as it was before, which is that it poses almost no severe risk to children at all. Okay, moving now to reading the YouTube comments. This is from uh, Henry. said He says, I think the idea of white guilt reparations and being responsible for what your ancestors did is unjust and evil. Likewise, I think the idea of original sin is unjust as well. I would love to hear your thoughts. Well, Henry, I think you're correct to link the white guilt thing to a religious idea, because it is itself a religious idea, so I agree with you there. The difference, though, well, there are two differences. One is that the doctrine of original sin is a religious doctrine. And those of us who believe in it, like myself, we we don't hide from that fact. We're not claiming that it's anything other than that doesn't mean that it's not true. We believe that it's true, of course, but it's a a religious doctrine. It's part of our faith. Uh, So much of what you get from the left, white guilt, you know, this guilt passed down through the blood of your ancestors. They don't admit what that is. If they were to come out and say, listen, this is our religion. This is part of what we believe. I would still say that it's hideous and wrong, but at least you're being honest. So that's the first thing. The other thing is that uh, original sin is all about humanity's fallen nature. As a whole, it doesn't single out any particular race, and it also observes something that we all see around us. I think it was C.S. Lewis or G.K. Chesterton, one of the two, who said that uh, of all of the Christian doctrines, he finds original sin to be the least uh, challenging because it's it's you see it all around you. It's very clear that we have a fallen human nature, and that's um, and so that's that's the difference. Uh, Joe says, Matt Walsh quoting Nietzsche. I'm impressed. I really like him because he actually admits that without God, there is no purpose. Many atheists today attempt and fail to find purpose. Yeah, my ability to quote Nietzsche really doesn't go beyond what I did in the show opening. I mean, I know, I know the basic level of, of what, he, what, he, what he believed. But um, there was a certain honesty, I think, not just with Nietzsche, but with, with atheists of that period and that culture. There was a, a certain honesty about what it meant. If there is no God, then, then that means that there is no purpose to life. And, uh, and so now there's a real problem here of, like, why are we existing at all? What's the point? And I think a lot of atheists today, as you point out, Joe, they, they want to gloss right over that. They don't want to talk about that. They, they, don't wanna even wanna, they, don't, they don't want to admit it's a problem, but it's a major one. Um, Let's see, Drummer zay 94 says, Matt, if you dare ban me from the show, I will reveal the secrets of SBG and the origin of its name. The Sweet Baby Gang has no origin. It has always existed. It will always exist. As I start to develop the, uh, the mythology behind this, this burgeoning cult that we're starting, and we are starting a cult, it's important to, to realize that. We don't talk about the Like many cults, Scientology. You go to the Scientologist building. They're not going to tell you where all this comes from, right? It's going to be the same thing with with SPG. Well, there's no better way to wake up than with your once daily dose of the facts. That's why The Daily Wire created Morning Wire, the daily morning show dedicated to bringing you all the news news you need to know without any spin or hidden agenda. It's the only daily podcast that values your time and the truth. And while we're working overtime to make sure fact-based news still has a platform, we need your help to keep it trending and get it all the way to number one. So subscribe now to The Morning Wire and leave it a five-star review if you like what you hear. In honor of crowning the winner of the Sweet Baby Gang Anthem contest on Monday, I've got some extra exciting news. The request and a long-awaited Sweet Baby Gang shirt is now available at the link in the description below. I'm just learning this right now. This is exciting news. It, 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 the, this is actually exciting. Not like when I pretend to be excited by the ads. Um, we finally have the Sweet Baby Gang shirt. There was a petition for it. It is now available for you. Hurry because it's a work of art and it will sell out. Again, the link to get your shirt is in the description below. Thank you to all my sweet babies for being here. I hope you will wear your sweet baby gang shirt with pride. Let's move now to our daily cancellation. Today for our daily cancellation, we have another uh, legendary iconic reverse cancellation. Now, if you listened to this segment yesterday, you probably already know where this is heading. We discussed the female sports reporter, Lindsay Goh, who's suffering PTSD after being violated and groped during a live report from a college football game. Uh, She decided to do her her live hit while 90,000 drunk fans were You know, walking by and a few of them screamed in the background, one briefly touched her shoulder. And this was all a very traumatic event for her. I suggested that perhaps sports reporting isn't the job for her, given that she seems to really hate doing it. I probably could have just said that and left it there, and nobody would have been all that upset about it. But as you know, anytime I walk up against the fence like that, I have no choice but to just crash right through it. So I also said that I don't really like female sports reporters and analysts in football. I believe there's been an effort to feminize. Traditionally masculine spaces like football, and female analysts are a part of that. I prefer for men to have those roles. That was my stated opinion. As it turns out, some people found it very upsetting. After the show was over, media matters sprang into action as expected. They posted the clip. Uh, They wrote up the article with the headline, Daily Wire host. Female sports reporters are an effort to make the game less appealing to the people the game was invented for. Though I did prefer Jason over at Media Matters who, uh, he, he, when posting the clip on, on his personal page, he instead referred to me not as Daily Wire host, but Daily Wire sexist, which, you know, I'll update my resume with, with that new title. The female sports reporters of the nation rushed to the scene to try and get their dunks in. They, you know, they, they all let me know that my vicious misogyny will not prevent them from continuing to courageously report on sports and so on. And a bunch of men, many of them also in sports media, joined in the dog pile declaring that, you know, they for one really respect and admire all the female reporters unlike that Matt Walsh guy. They're one of the good guys. So please give them a pat on the head and give them a treat they're saying. Now I'm not going to restate my original point or, you know, continue to argue in favor of it. I stand by it. I don't feel the need to explain myself again. I said what I wanted to say on the subject. And you could go back and listen to it again if you want to experience it all over again. Instead, I'd like to make a slightly different point here. Even if you disagree with my opinion on the subject, and you're free to disagree, It's nonetheless an opinion that lots of football fans hold, even if a great many football fans, uh, you know, not just during this, even if they won't say it out loud, the fact is that a great many people feel this way. Um, And I I know that because I've heard from them, not just during this discussion over the past day, but in general, as a fan of the sport, having conversations with other fans throughout my life, whenever this subject has come up uh, of, you know, they they put the token female down on the sideline. Isn't that kind of silly? That sort of thing. I have found that almost everyone I've ever talked to feels this way to some extent. Uh, that they're not big fans of the token female. Uh, they don't really want females in the booth as analysts, and play-by-play, and so on. Um, I've never been around any group of fans in real life where if I said exactly what I said on the show, they would have stared back at me wide-eyed and said, What? How dare you? This is I can't believe it. This is ludicrous. That's outrageous. How could you say such a thing? I have never in my life ever gotten any reaction like that or seen anyone else get that reaction for saying what I said or something similar. Yet that's the reaction I got on the internet and from Media Matters and from the media. Now, the fact that lots of people feel this way and that it's pretty normal, pretty mainstream opinion in the real world, that doesn't make it right. That's not my point. My point is that this is yet another time, one example of many, where a normal commonplace opinion or preference is treated as if it's not only wrong, but shocking. Now, yeah, it's a, it's a relatively small issue. You know, I do think it's symptomatic of something larger, which is the erasure of male spaces, and there's also an erasure of, of female spaces happening at the same time. But the issue of female sports reporters, in and of itself, not a big deal. I didn't say it was a big deal. I just said my opinion. But the game, as always, is to treat an opinion, a common opinion, even on a small issue, especially on a small issue, in fact, as if expressing it is tantamount to mass murder, right? So react this way to it, and lots of normal people with, with that normal opinion will kind of throw their hands up and say, whoa, okay, if it's that big of a deal, then never mind. This tactic, I think, is especially effective on the small issues because most people will figure that it's just not worth fighting about. Okay, if you want me to like female sports reporters, fine. Uh, I'll pretend that I do at least just to, just to make you shut up. And that's how we normal people usually respond, and it's how we, over time, have been shaped and molded by the media and the mob. Agreeing to stay silent about this issue over here, agreeing to pretend to have that opinion over there, agreeing to you know, pretend that we're offended by this or that, and on and on. Little by little, playing the game in these seemingly insignificant ways and not realizing that all we ever do anymore is just play the game. And we've lost our authentic selves we don't even know what we think anymore, what our real opinions are, because we've been hectored into submission piece by piece, like getting pecked to death by a million chirping little parakeets. So why did I say what I said about sports reporters? Why, you know, why do I say many of the things I say on the show? Well, because I believe them to be true, first of all. I think it's a, it's a point worth making, but also I say, say it because I know you're not supposed to, right? And I'm at the point now where if if there's like a weird code of silence about something, about anything, where we all believe something and feel a certain way or have a certain opinion, but have agreed not to say it out loud or in public for fear of, of the pecking parakeets, then I will say it just for that reason. You know, you might call it trolling, you might call it contrarianism, you might call it provocation for its own sake, and you might be right, but the alternative is just intolerable to me. The alternative is to just shut up and pretend that your opinions are not your opinions. And so that is why I am not canceled today and instead have once again canceled my cancelers, which is always a fun thing to do. And we'll leave it there for today. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Have a great day. Godspeed. The show is edited by Sasha Tolmachov. Our audio is mixed by Mike Koromina. Hair and makeup is done by Nika Geneva. And our production coordinator is McKenna Waters. The Matt Wall Show is a Daily Wire production. Copyright Daily Wire 2021. The New York Times admits that life begins at conception. Dr. Fauci gets caught in a major lie. And the Taliban disrespect George Floyd. Check it out on The Michael Knowles Show.